0: They say that those golden days when your children are little and sweet are gone in a flash. And I, for one, can vouch for that being the case. And while you can't slow time down, you can hold on to those memories. Most of us parents have our mobile phones stuffed with photos, those perfect moments captured digitally. But because we so rarely print them out, we don't enjoy them to the full. Which is why I'm delighted that this episode is sponsored by Bob Books, great quality photo books which are easy to create and will make all those wonderful photos much more accessible. Having spent years putting off the job of going through all these photos myself, I've created a series of them documenting the Fogel family adventures year by year and I've got to say I've loved the process. The trouble is that we forget things and going through my photos each evening has enabled me to relive those memories. And when the books finally arrived, we all loved going through them together, laughing and marvelling at those fun times. So go for it. Delve into those thousands of photos you have stored on your phone and turn them into something you'll treasure forever. As an even bigger incentive, Bob Books are offering our listeners 20% off their books. Just visit bobbooks.co.uk and use the code Parenthood 20, all capital letters and all one word, at checkout. Valid until the end of August. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Parenthood. Only children are on the increase. The most recent figures suggest that almost half of families in England and Wales have just one child, and it's predicted that by the end of the decade, the majority of families in the UK will have just one child. Whether this dynamic is a result of choice or circumstance, today we're looking at the effect of being raised without siblings and what that effect has on the child. On the one hand, they have no siblings with which to learn those all-important relationship skills, but on the other, they have more attention from their parents. In order to understand this better, with me today I have a psychotherapist who is an only child herself. Anne Richardson spent her professional life helping patients understand more about themselves. But it wasn't until she was in her 30s and found herself for the first time in a room of other only children that she fully understood how many traits she shared with them. As each person spoke, my jaw dropped and dropped again, she writes. Things I'd assumed were eccentricities peculiar to my own upbringing turned out to have been theirs too. It was a new surprising and life-affirming experience. Anne, welcome to the parenthood. Thank you very much. Uh, So what were these eccentricities you noticed on that day that you were in a room with only children?
1: Well the first thing to say about it is that it's a bit of a contradiction in terms to have a group of only children in the first place. So I was, I was about 36, I think, and I'd never discussed what it was like to be an only child with anybody else. Well, certainly not with another only child, and I think there were seven of us. So it was things like, um, they used the word weird a lot. I felt really weird because, and they used the phrase, I thought that was just me, But that is just so good to hear somebody else say the same. Um, Everybody felt kind of on the outside, looking in, a bit of an observer. You know, like we're on the outside of a group, curious and interested in what's going on inside, but we're not really part of it. Um, They talked about the frustration of listening to everybody's bad sibling stories and not being able to contribute. (laughs) So they were... I don't know, they were just very sort of ordinary things. But I think the most incredible thing about it was that we were a group sitting together for the first time. And none of us had had this conversation with another only child,
0: ever. Because obviously, you know, being an only child is becoming more common. But historically, it was much less common. That's right. I was born in the mid-50s.
1: And my mum had a stillborn child before me. And it was six years until I came along. And she, I remember her telling me once, I don't know, I was a few months old in the pram and people would come along and say, oh, you know, how lovely. When, when are you having the next one? So, you know, the expectation was always there that this wasn't a proper family if, if you stopped at one. Anyhow, she had another miscarriage after me. So I think it's also true that there are many reasons why families end up with one child it's becoming more a lifestyle choice nowadays but in those days it almost certainly wasn't and therefore
0: there was quite a lot of grief and disappointment
1: um, buried I think.
0: And also probably inability to talk about it, to talk about the reasons you Completely. know I think people are becoming a bit more confident to say well actually I'm unable to have any more children or I've been trying or you know people there was a sort of sentiment that you needed to keep that to yourself. My, my third child was stillborn and I've been very open about it. But I think, you know, a lot of people, I've talked certainly to a lot of people who are in a different generation to me and they said, no, I, I, I've never spoken about my stillbirth. No. And
1: my mum's my response to that was, well, it, it happens. Mm. And that was the beginning and end of it. And I think actually in, in those sort of years after the war, people who became parents then had been through so much trauma and all they wanted was to create a normal life and be happy. And the way to do that really was to push those traumatic feelings to one side. you know they they, they were quite difficult times i think
0: yeah very very difficult times and so with your experience in sort of meeting and um, supporting only children would you say there are personality traits that only children have in common
1: yes i think we're all pretty intense i think that's probably number one on the list i think we've all had a lot of practice in getting used to our own company which means that we probably have quite a highly developed imagination, quite a high tolerance level of being in our own company, and actually a big need to be in our own company. People often talk about um, relationships feeling very demanding and um, energy sapping. You know, we kind of need time alone to re-energize and... People often talk about having problems with that in relationships that, you know, the partner doesn't understand the partner feels rejected because the, the only child is saying, actually, you know, do you mind if I just sit this one out for a while? And it isn't any rejection. It's just that somehow that's how we've grown up being used to um,
0: getting our energy back. Yeah, and that's a big, important one. And in terms of, you know, being a child, in a, you know, without any siblings, you're obviously, uh, you've got a lot of attention from your parents, which children crave. You know, absolutely, yes. You know, very much. And
1: children with siblings are very envious
0: of. Very envious. <laughs> very envious. I mean, the grass is often greener. Yes, absolutely. Um, but even, you know, sort of behavior, certain behavior of children is ultimately all to get the attention of the parents. Mm. But then they don't obviously have that environment you know siblings are typically very nasty to each other you know you have an angelic child who's gorgeous at school and everyone raves about how good he is and well behaved and he comes home and he's foul yeah um and because there's that sort of safe environment in which you can be you can test those boundaries yeah
1: and i i would say that is a formative experience for the sibling or siblings isn't it to know that they can survive the beastliness of that sibling and the absence of those experiences that's the bit that doesn't prepare you well for adulthood because that kind of um behavior continues frankly doesn't it into Mm -hmm. adulthood you know we we grow up uh with the influences on us and the rough and tumble that siblings offer each other is is completely missing within uh the immediate family environment of the only child and I, and I think that is a negative however unpleasant it is it honestly teaches you skills to survive in in wider society later on and even if you send your kid to nursery and you know other things you don't have to kiss and make up you know mummy's going to come and get you and you can get out of this horrible situation but that kind of rough and tumble the good and the bad the boisterousness the fun the pinching the toys the playing the tag the it wasn't me you can never say that as an only child it wasn't me who else was it you know that kind of um chaos is what is quite difficult to replicate I think for an only child so I think probably that is the biggest missing experience. Um, And also the sort of dethronement. You know, if you're the only child and and, um, you have a a younger sibling, you were the apple of the parent's eye to begin with, then you get knocked off when the baby comes along. And that is a devastating experience, isn't it, developmentally for, for the first child. Yeah. But if all goes well, again, they learn that they can survive it. When the second child comes into the family, it already has a sibling. It doesn't come in on its own. It never gets mummy and daddy's lone attention. So they also know that they can survive sharing that attention with another kid. Again, that's a really formative experience the only child doesn't have. Um, And I think we just have to accept that that's the case. I'm not saying... Growing up in a, as an only child is worse, but I do think it's different, and I think that's a really important difference. That particular one is the most significant difference. That's just a fact, isn't it?
0: And presumably, you know, oldest children will share some of a lot those of only child traits. You know, Absolutely, yes, If you've been an do. only child for yes. ten years and then yes, your sibling comes right. along, you're going to have much more of these traits you than are. if you, you, you know had a sibling a twin or a a you
1: will be responsible you'll be the one that you know thinks ahead and takes care of people you'll be a little more serious perhaps than the younger ones um yeah you'll share a lot of a lot of traits
0: do you think that only children find it harder to engage with other children because they don't have that sibling environment? Or is it something that... Not one-to-one, right one, as yeah. a group maybe,
1: yeah. yeah. I think um, only children crave relationship with other children. I mean, long for, you know, this sibling that they, they kind of dream about and, and, and don't have. So I think they make excellent friends really loyal excellent friends and I think they they give really good attention because often they've had really good attention so they give really good attention so other kids I think um are quite attracted to them I think where they find it more difficult is if you've got about six or eight kids all running around in some sort of chaotic game where the rules aren't clear and nobody's said you know you're it or whatever that can be pretty bewildering Um, and a bit off-putting for the only child, who, you know, spends a lot of time with adults. So what they get very good at is uh, early verbal skills. They know how to please adults. They know, um, you know, what the rules are and how to make the most of them. You know, they have many skills, but they they are (laughs) all to do with adult attention. Um, They're not so much to do with how you
0: navigate peer relationships. And, you know, I'm thinking that for many only children, the first time they experience that chaos of lots of children and not so many adults is when they go to school. Yeah, so your kindergarten, yeah. Yeah, and, mm. and that can then be a bit of a shock. So I guess, you know, as only parents listening to this, to yeah. understand that your only child might need a little bit more support because there is a bigger adjustment if they've always had their two parents to yeah. their oneself as opposed to if they come from a large and chaotic family yeah. where that element of unpredictability is, is the norm for them.
1: Mm. I think there are many things parents parents... parents can do actually in that situation before kids go to school play dates and sleepovers fantastic you know dump your only child in a chaotic household with lots of other children and and let them stay overnight and face everybody at breakfast (laughs) you know just give them that opportunity um you know nursery and kindergarten things yeah go there because you know you're hanging out with with kids your age and fighting over the pencils and who gets what and you know, just put them in those situations. Don't don't be overprotective. I think that's a very understandable um, motivation for any parent, isn't it, to want to protect your child. And if you've just got the one, the pressure on you as a parent is absolutely enormous. You've only got one stab at getting this right. You know, you can't kind of experiment with this first one and then you're all cool because you've got the second and the third one coming along. No, this is it. So... The intensity on both sides, I think, is the the main characteristic of the only child experience, whether you're the parent or the child, and it can be too much. So when the people with the siblings are jealous of all the attention, yeah, fantastic, nope, horrific, because all the expectation is on you, all the disappointment is on you, should that happen, all the responsibility feels as if it's on you, both ways round. Child Mm. towards parent, parent towards child. And I think that, you know, the kid doesn't have any resources to process any of that. A child is just a sponge. So, you know, the child is soaking up whatever's going on in the parent's relationship, in the household, And it's not sharing any of that unconscious emotional stuff and conscious emotional stuff with anybody except maybe the dog. Dog, probably very important. Have a pet, actually. Good idea. Have a pet. Um, So I think parents need to be aware of their own feelings, their own disappointments, if it's a disappointment that, you know, maybe they've tried to have other children and it hasn't happened. Don't project your feelings, your disappointments or even too much expectation on your child because your child is such a sensitive, open little piece of blotting paper and can't be your best friend in that way. You know, parents need to be the grown-ups
0: so I mean we've talked a little bit about this but how what can we do as parents to be the sort of best parent to an only child I mean one of the things I'd like to talk about is sort of the guilt because I think that is really difficult for parents of only children Mm. I experience a huge amount of guilt that I'm not quite the best mother and I could spend a lot of time thinking about it and feeling even more guilty but then very often the other child demands my attention and Mm. I just have to get over it and Mm. I think that's quite a healthy thing and I can only imagine that if you've got any even more children there is just less time to feel guilty and it's really it's really your brain just playing up mm. isn't it that guilt you know yes. either you're so guilty that you do something to change what you're feeling guilty about mm. or you get over it because there is a certain amount of imperfection all of us you know do which is a normal and healthy part of bringing up a child yes so i suppose a lot of it is sort of managing that guilt because you've got more time to think about to feel guilty about not being quite as perfect as you'd like to be
1: so i struggle with with guilt as a feeling because how do you express guilt It's a concept, isn't it? It's just a concept that keeps us completely um, paralyzed. Mm. So underneath the concept of guilt, I think, is a feeling. And maybe I feel sad or maybe I feel angry or maybe I feel frustrated. Great, now we've got somewhere we can go with it, right? Go and punch some pillows, go and scream at somebody, cry your eyes out, right? But guilt, just move on. Look underneath, see what the feeling is. And I think... The, the main trait of this only-child triangle, two parents or even one parent, one child, or two parents, one child, is intensity. And it's intensity of feeling. And the parent or parents, I think, have to be emotionally really aware of their own feelings, whether that's expectation, whether it's whatever's underneath the guilt, whether it's grief about the circumstances of you know why the family is perhaps smaller than they wanted it to be really be curious about your own feelings and what you might be projecting onto your child and if if you have a sense that that's happening go and get some support from other adults don't use your kid don't use your kid as a go-between and don't use your kid as your sort of best buddy who understands everything all your sadness and upset don't don't do that you know just look after yourself and and keep that separation i don't know if if what i'm saying is clear it's not about not loving them and not giving them that sort of attention but stuff that's adult stuff emotional stuff that's difficult to deal with go go to your adult sources to get support there and know that if you don't do that unconsciously you won't mean to be doing it but unconsciously that is just getting soaked up by your child and perhaps is a bit overwhelming for them and a bit Um, difficult for them to understand what's happening and they'll just think oh it's my fault I've done something wrong I've upset mummy she seems sad oh what did I do well next time I better not you know and that's not healthy.
0: And I mean obviously there's two conversations to be had here. There's a conversation with which will support the parent feeling mm. this guilt. But you know, if a child asks, why do I only have one sibling? you know, why mm. do I why don't mm. I have any siblings? Mm. I mean I'm presuming it's good to be honest with them. And tell them obviously yes. in, an, in an appropriate way. Absolutely. For their Age-appropriate
1: age appropriate way. But yes, tell them. And and you know when you feel at ease with your situation then there isn't really any judgement anymore is there there isn't any judgement that says oh well you know we would have been a lovely family but actually it's just you and ooh. It, having one child is an absolute blessing isn't it you know it's an absolute unique fantastic little individual that's that you've given birth to that you you are going to hold and nurture through to to being a a, a brilliant adult i mean it's it's just a different upbringing and probably the people best able to parent an only child is probably an only child, except the maths doesn't work out very well there. So, it it's usually somebody with siblings, isn't it, who then has an only child. So they're not they're not experienced mm. um, in that setup. So it's an adventure for everybody. But I'd, I like to just say it's different. It's not better or worse, but it is different.
0: I think that point of you know. It, being at ease with your own situation is something that especially today is quite difficult you know that I do feel that there's an epidemic of wanting more and that's partly because of social media because suddenly Mm. everyone's perfect life to broadcast to you every day through your Mm. phone and it's not realistic it's not an accurate description of everyone else's life but I remember very well when I was deciding whether or not to have another child after my my third died I remember my I I got quite obsessed with it and I it was getting to the point where I thought well I'll do anything to do this at the expense of my health and Mm. I remember my mother saying Marina, sit back and Mm. take stock of what you have, because what you have with your children is so much more than so many other people have. There would be people that would give their right arm to have what you have. And yet, because it's not what you thought it would be, you're dismissing it. And that made such a lot of sense. And it's difficult to tell someone whose son's just died you've got so much. But actually people can and that's quite a valuable I mean that's that was a really really important thing for me to hear to make the decision that was ultimately right for us yes and that's sort of how I've explained it to my children you know who'd have loved to have had another sibling but you know I say, listen it was sad that he died and of course we wish he was still here but we have an awesome life and we have an awesome time together and then we think about all the great things that we can do and it sort of ends up on a positive rather than you know you end that conversation feeling that you've missed out on something
1: yeah so it's sort of managing your own expectations in a way, isn't it? And, and being able to be honest with yourself and compassionate with yourself. It's nobody's fault, is it, when something like that happens? So, you know, can you actually have compassion for your situation and accept it fully and, and live the life that you actually have, you know, rather than the one that was hoped for?
0: And I think it's important to focus on the benefits too. Yeah, you know, because there are loads. We I mean, talked already about you know the the you know the fact that you're happier in your own company, which I think is a really good thing. Yes, you know, rather than to feel this need that you always have to be stimulated by someone else, you've got to be, you can't be missing out on no. on the activities. The the realization that often you just to be bored and to be able to sit and reflect, I think that makes you an emotionally more stable person, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, and you know, in that time alone. Um, you, you sort of learn how to use that time you know whether you're making up games with your you know your toys and your dolls or whether you're making up imaginary friends or you're painting or you're drawing or you're I don't know sitting at the top I used to go up the top of the hill in the garden and look at the view and and kind of just soak into nature that was my kind of I don't know filling up mm. experience um so, yes, knowing really how to uh, be, maybe this sounds too strong, autonomous. You know, it's, it's living in your own skin and knowing how to look after yourself. Um, and not, ex- well, not expecting, actually, there's an expectation. There is no expectation that somebody else is going to come along and do it for you. None yeah. at all. So it's clear. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's 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 kind of up to you. The sharing thing is something that that people always talk about, you know, that only children won't share. And I think yes that that notion of mine and yours is very clear. You know, if if mummy gives me something, it's mine. And if she doesn't, well, then she doesn't. It's quite sort of black and white and quite clear. So if somebody wants my thing, actually most only children I've ever worked with say yeah they can have it I don't mind because the things don't mean that much the contact with the person would mean more so yes you can have that thing but don't grab it off me because I'm not quite sure what to do with that right so this sort of clarity of mine yours somebody made somebody um told me something once so she'd done a, a piece of work with somebody and uh, they'd They'd just given a a small donation towards something. I can't remember how much it was. But anyway, it was an amount. And she took the money and she gave half of it to the other person and she kept half. And the other woman was absolutely incensed. And the only child said, well, what's the problem? And she said, but you didn't even discuss with me what we might do with it. (laughs) And she said, God, it didn't occur to me. It was just like, well, it's half each, isn't it? There's yours, there's mine. Yeah. (laughs) Different
0: conditioning. And there are also other benefits. I mean, the most. Am base... I being very negative? I don't mean. No, to be no, very no, negative. no, no, not
1: at all, not at all. I think it's very really fascinating.
0: I mean, I'm just thinking about though the benefits. You know, from a very basic point of view, that you know, if you've got one child as opposed to two or three, yes. there's more money.
1: That's right. More money, more opportunities. So more mm. classes, more things to learn, more holidays, more. And, and toys, there's pressure more... for
0: the parents to work too.
1: Well, quite a few quite a few parents nowadays say, don't they, that they choose to have one child because they feel they can, you know, within their means they can they can give what they want to to one child but they'd be really stretched to provide for two children. So I think this is a a reason I hear a lot nowadays for having one child. So um you know, that's a that's a rational decision, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And something that, you know, you know actually equates to a lot i mean i read a statistic saying that you know raising a child the cost of raising a child to 21 is around a quarter of a million pounds well, that's Unbelievable. you know it? and that's just yes. in yes. time and childcare and school yes. uniform and books and yes. clubs and all of that kind of thing yeah it's a huge amount of money it is a huge amount of money and and you know there's one thing you know I, i've definitely experienced you know met people who said my job is really important my career is really important so I'll have one child so that I can give as much time to the career that I love as to the child I love that's a very different scenario to working three jobs because that's the only way you can pay the bills and meet the needs of how many children you've got Um, you know there's there's time when work is really enriching and there's time when it is simply a job and a means to an end and I think if you don't have that pressure I mean that can have a huge impact on on family life I was reading some research um, saying that actually when it comes to sort of um, self-esteem, motivation and academic achievement, only children tend to do better in those respects than uh, children from who have siblings. Yes,
1: academic achievement, I think definitely. I mean, nobody gets in the way when you're trying to do your homework. You you know, you, you, you have time to focus and concentrate. And I think most of us actually focus and concentrate pretty well because... We've had lots of practice at that. We haven't had some annoying younger sibling come and, I don't know, tip their drink all over or need rescuing or something. The self-confidence, though, I wouldn't agree with. I would say that um, many people feel that they have become a little adult quite early on because they spend you know a little more time with adults, so sort of five, six, seven, they're they're sort of like a mini-adult, so they they seem very confident. And I know as a teenager, my mum's friends used to say about me, oh, she's so confident, isn't she? And my mum, bless her, said, not inside, she's not. And she got that right. Um, And I've heard this from endless adult-onlys. Inside, no, not confident. Because I think those rough and tumble experiences where you push and shove and you feel your edges and your limits, that's what helps give you some kind of internal confidence that you can deal with things. And I think inside we feel a bit um, underskilled, <laughs> maybe a little overprotected um, and that we, we can do things and we're good in business and achieving good at those kind of outer things but really sort of deep solid self-esteem I would say that's a bit shaky usually
0: a lot of parents however many children mm. they've got they project the person that they wanted Ooh. to be onto their children yes. and if you've got many children you know often you'll identify one yes. as the one that's going to do this or yes. play great football or do Big whatever you didn't manage or whatever to do it is, yeah but at least that burden is shared Shared, and obviously with an only child you know that that burden is very much on you and so I suppose the way to manage that is lies with the parents just being aware that very often I think
1: I think awareness is 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 the most important thing for the parents altogether because it comes back to that intensity you know there's only one little person that you're spreading anything around to so just being aware all the time how intense that might be so for example you know you you want to teach your only child to, to dance to ride horses to be in the brownies to play chess to go to this club that club play guitar I don't know how many hours in the week are there for one child to do all of these things and just check is this what your kid really wants to do or are these things that you would like them to be able to do are they things that you would have liked to have been able to do and and Just keep that dialogue going and be really sensitive to, you know, maybe this kid of yours is different to you. And it will be difficult for your one child to contradict you. It'll be very hard for them to do that. They'll want to please you because children do. Children want to please their parents, don't they? And when, say, you have a sibling and you watch that sibling's interaction with your same parents you get some ideas of how else you can do it. But when you're the only one, you don't. And everything, you know, your whole life is wrapped up in these two parents or even more intense, this one parent. So it's not going to be easy for your your child to say actually i don't really want to do that or that isn't really me
0: one of the points you'd mentioned is that um only children tend to mature a little bit earlier they tend to act in a more mature way often quite precocious and i i think on the one hand that that can be beneficial but i guess childhood is transitory but it's precious Mm. and it's really important for them to experience so i guess it's important for parents of only children to understand that it is important for them to be a child and to let them be a child which is difficult when they're in the minority
1: it is difficult because you 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 see your children being children when they are interacting with each other don't you Yeah. You know, like you said it some nine-year-olds can speak to you because they're articulate but some nine-year-olds can only speak to other nine-year-olds well if you're watching kids playing they're not really playing as many adults are they they're, they're playing as children
0: So letting, yes, you were saying
1: the parents, letting them be children. But I think that's opportunities to be with enough other children for them to learn how to do that. Because what they're learning from you is to be a mini adult. And on the outside, they'll manage all of that. But, you know, they need to know how to hang out with kids.
0: And there are, you know, there are things I can. I will try really hard to engage with my children and talk about things that Mm. they find interesting Mm. and funny. But, you know, I just can't do the whole fart joke, which they find hilarious, hilarious. and I guess it's a really important part of yes. their development and they yeah. need to experience that but <laughs> if it's just you know if it was me and my husband and yeah. our one child yeah. then we would never have that whereas as soon as they outnumber you or they that's are right. more than one then they can sort of laugh yes. in a childish way that's about it. that and even though it is infantile and stupid and really not very funny it is to it, them <laughs> it is and to I them guess it's really important too yeah actually being outnumbered that
1: is that's a really good that's a really good idea isn't it in this triangle, you, the child, is always outnumbered. The power is always with the adults. So again, that acknowledgement that parents understand how powerful they are, because in the precociousness of the only child, it's quite tempting to think, oh, look, she's wrapping them around her little finger and she gets whatever she wants and she's spoiled and she's that. And you think, no, she's a child. And the adults actually have the power So if the child is wrapping the adults around the little finger, maybe the the, the adults need to have a look at that and claim some of their own power back. Yeah. Right. Just acknowledge that. Just acknowledge that.
0: Well, that, you know, it was going to be my next question. You know, are only children more likely to be spoiled? And well, what can you do to stop that? Well, inevitably spoiled in, in the sense
1: that they're getting whatever opportunities are going and that there doesn't have to be a fight for it and there doesn't have to be any sharing of it. So in that way, yes, I think that's just can't be helped. Um, I think most parents are painfully aware that other people will think that their child is spoilt and selfish. And therefore, they tend to often go rather far the other way to be quite... Um, strict so that they're not spoilt so yes by definition they're spoiled but it doesn't mean they have to be a
0: brat yeah and I suppose simple things like just n- not giving them what they want straight away even though it's easier to say yeah of course just have that Lego bit well it's no good being manipulated by your
1: children however many there are yeah. uh, is there and, and don't try and buy their affection with things I mean you know, just because you can buy 500 things for this one child, why would you do that? I mean, be selective about, you know, what they want, what they need, and and it's up to you, really.
0: Do you think that um, a co-ed education is more important for a single child, or do you think it doesn't really matter?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good idea, yeah.
0: I suppose you're just exposing them to yeah. more different personalities yes. and more dynamics, yes. you know, that, yes. that will kind of help them in terms of their social yeah. adaptability. Yeah, and-
1: definitely. I, I, I had um, friends that they were part of a family of seven and um, the father had died and so this poor mother was trying to look after seven kids and the eldest was probably about 18 and the youngest was a baby and I used to love going to that house because everybody had jobs and when you went in the front door there was um, sort of lots of shelves with all the shoes and they started off with huge shoes at the top and by the bottom the little, little little tiny shoes and so, you know, everybody had a job of how many pairs of shoes they cleaned and when it happened, and so that it just had to be fantastically organised. And I so loved being in that house because I thought, these kids feel useful, you know? They're all contributing. And, um, yeah,
0: I loved that. And I suppose that was out of necessity, you know? Of course it was, with, yes. with, But yet it gave them so much. So I suppose, you know, you could then... I suppose you, as a, as a parent of an only child, you need to look at pe- families in which there are lots of children and look at what they do. And so, you know, say, right, okay, fine, you don't need to be tidying your shoes away because it's very easy for me to do it to you, for yeah. you. But actually thinking outside the box and thinking actually what does that responsibility then give my child? So almost trying to fashion, I, I'm not, I need you to help me. I need you to take responsibility for your life and for our house and you know, expect that of them if, in the same way that if you had seven children, yeah. you, would expect, you need to expect that from yes. them. Yes.
1: Well, I think the, the only child is by nature very responsible, again, because you know, an adult's life is much more responsible. I think I would suggest offering my only child to be the eighth one to help out. Mm -hmm. in that in that family you know just just go and see what it's like we know what it's like to help mum and dad because I do that all the time but go and see what it's like to muck in with the other seven and you know if you can if you want to go and you want to help in there why not and then just hang out with that bigger group we used to go on um, family holidays when I was about I don't know 12 or 13 and there would be about 14 of us and my Older cousin was nine years older than me, I think, so some of his mates would come along. And then my other cousin was six years old and her boyfriend would come. These two weeks of the year were just the best weeks of my life. They really were. You know, we had boats, we were in the sea all day. There were older boys, and, but we were family, so, you know, it was like a safe environment. And it, it, was, it was just absolute heaven just to be in that bigger unit... Um so I think any way that, you know, whether it's with cousins or friends or the people next door, doesn't really matter. But just that everydayness, you know, not a not a sort of special event, not a party, not a lesson, not a formal thing, just the having fun mucking in together with more people, however you manage that, I think that would be good advice.
0: Well, that is amazing advice and thank you so much. It's so helpful and insightful. Um you kind of the more I understand about being a parent the more I realize that life doesn't turn out how you think it's going to be parenting doesn't turn out how you think it's going to be your children don't turn out how no, you think most of all no exactly <laughs> and, and very often it's better than better. you ever imagined exactly. exactly so I think so much of it is sort of as we said at the beginning you know taking stock and rejoicing in your situation absolutely
1: and and there's so much stress isn't there in modern life and family life and like you were saying, all the expectations that, that we put on ourselves. And and kids don't need that. Kids just want attention, safety.
0: And unconditional love.
1: Love and, and some fun. Yeah. yeah.
0: If you want to find out a little bit more about the work Anne is doing around single children, she's got a website called beinganonly.com. But you also have a Facebook group, don't you? Yes,
1: I have a Facebook group, which is called the, the Being and Only Community. So if you go onto Facebook and type in being an only community, being an only all-in-one long word. Um, It's a closed Facebook group and it's for adults who've grown up as an only child and parents. And it's just an open discussion forum forum between them. So it's a, a very warm and supportive international group. So if people want to go and... Swap notes or ask questions. There's there's usually good feedback there.
0: Well, I think you know if you feel like you're the only one experiencing this, it's very difficult. So as soon as you're in a community where you have this shared that's right situation, then I guess you know that is hugely reassuring. So thank you so much no, for are welcome. Thank today. you for asking. <laughs> thank you all for downloading another episode of The Parenthood. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. And if you have a moment, rate and review us. Um, it makes a huge difference to our visibility, boosting us in the chart and allowing other people to find us. You can also follow me on Instagram. I'm at marina.fogel, where I post about what I'm recording and run ideas past you all. But in the meantime, thanks for listening and from Anne and me. Goodbye.